Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs to hell. You don't if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Eric Walford. Hey, what's up, yo? As many of you know, there are numerous hockey mask artists out there, with new artists popping into the hobby all the time. We have featured several on the show in the past, and on tonight's Community Spotlight, I would like to welcome a mask artist that is definitely not new to the game, and has been around for many years. And that artist is James Power from Crystal Lake Industries. Thanks for joining us, James, and how are things up your way tonight? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. We're glad to finally have you on the show. Um, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So for the listeners that aren't aware, James is way up in Canada, but ships to the U.S. and probably all over the world, for that matter, since he's been around for how many years now, James? Uh, we're just approaching 10 years. But I Yeah, you're definitely, I guess, one of the... I don't know, originals per se, but definitely been around for a long time. So uh, glad to have you on the show and and, and I'm interested in hearing about some of your products. I've seen a lot of your work. I've seen some of it in person, a lot of pictures on the internet, obviously, people posting things on forums and things of that nature. But yeah, let's just kick this off and uh, we'll just start off talking about what got you into Friday and, and how that transpired into you making masks. Well, like, uh, like most people, I mean, Friday the 13th is so well known the world over. I mean, who hasn't heard of Friday the 13th? And as a kid growing up, of course, I mean, I watched the movies and I always loved it and I always had an interest in it. I mean, it scared crap to me as a kid. And as you grow up, I mean, you get into the whole Halloween aspect of it and you want to, at some point, I mean, who hasn't wanted to go to Jason for Halloween? So I decided I wanted to go to Jason for Halloween one year and Due to where I live, and pretty much almost where anyone lives at the time, you can't get a Jason mask at a store. You can't walk into a Walmart or even a costume shop, usually, and find a Jason mask that's anywhere close to what they were in the movie. So, I had bought one off of eBay, and pretty much at the time, uh, it was my first year when I was in the military, money was really tight, and I sunk everything I had into a mask, and I got it, and it was terrible. So, my wife, being the way that she is, looked at me and said, well, you're kind of creative, why don't you try to make your own? And I'm sure she kicks herself from time to time for saying that, but here we are almost 10 years later, and it's kind of how it all really transpired. Motivated by a poor eBay purchase, and the fact that I knew I could do something that was better, it was just learning it, and it's uh, kind of where we ended off today. Now, from what I'm aware of, what sort of sets you apart from some of the other artists out there, other than maybe fiberglassmasks.com, you mainly offer fiberglass outside of special requests. But my question is, why the fiberglass, since there are so many others out there nowadays, you know, offering blanks or making their own blanks, etc.? Fiberglass, it really just came down to once I started, initially when I wanted to do this, 
I, I looked at it and I had bought a plastic mask and I knew that the masks, after doing a little bit of research, I knew that they were, the mass majority were plastic in the movie. But due to where I was living at the time, you couldn't, there was nowhere you could go to buy plastic. No one sold it by the sheet. So it was, uh, fiberglass just came mostly out of necessity as I needed, I had the need to create something but it came down to how was I going to create it? I can't, I cannot acquire plastic to back form. So what's the next thing I can do? And after, I don't know how much money I've wasted over the years, learning how to properly make a mask out of fiberglass. It came down to fiberglass I could get at local marine shops, hardware stores, and plastic I couldn't. So even though it's a much more terrible thing to work with compared to plastic, it was what was around and I've learned to work with it and how to work with it safely. Now, considering with companies like JDF and the others that are molding their own and, and offering those to basically everyone, have you considered making a switch over? No, not at all. So it's going to be fiberglass from here on out then? It's been fiberglass for almost the full 10 years. There's a brief period there where I discovered um, some people uh, will know it, some won't, but it's a two-part plastic called Smoothcast, not Smoothcast, uh, yeah, sorry, Smoothcast 300. And it's a two-part liquid plastic that you can get made by Smooth on. And for a brief period, I decided to work with that as I didn't have to have warm temperatures. I could make it, I could use it in the house with my mold. It still captured all the same detail, and it was super simple. And I actually prefer to use it because it's, I don't have to mask up for it. I don't have to, like when I'm fiberglassing, I have to have, uh, I don't know what it is for your guys for Celsius, but I have to have 17 degrees adequate heat in order for the fiberglass to cure. Whereas the smooth cast, there's none of that. I sit down at my table with a scale and a mold, and I can make a mask in a half hour minus the cutting and the drilling and all that but my customers know me for fiberglass and they've always known me for fiberglass so it didn't really take and i phased out i pretty much only keep it now for specific masks that are much easier to do with the smooth cast than fiberglass so but in the end like i said my customers know me for fiberglass so stick with what i know and what they want from me yeah and my thing with the fiberglass is I've spent a lot of time in a Jason costume over the years and Eric does some costuming as well. And I've worn a fiberglass mask a couple times. And obviously I know that in the films they were plastic, but the couple times that I wore the fiberglass, you think to yourself, Oh shit, you know, this is a big difference. And you have a little bit more, I guess, bulk or weight, if you will. And it, to me just feels like the fiberglass is actually something that you would expect to be in the film, you know, something to have a little bit more bulk to it. It almost feels like it's more Jason correct, if you will. <laughs> it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. I've, I've said that to people over the years. I mean, you'll never, you'll never hear me trash plastic by any means. All the guys that make their masks out of plastic, it's authentic to the movie and plastic will be around long after we're all gone. Now, you pick up a fiberglass mask and it's, it's not a weight thing. It's just the general, the general feel of the material. It has, I've always found it has more of a real world feel to it. Like NHL hockey masks were made out of fiberglass and carbon fiber. It, it just has 
is like I've said to people, sometimes I find fiberglass has more of a real world feel. It feels like something that if I was to put on a mask and go stalk people in the woods, I would want something that was durable. And I mean, plastic is plenty durable, but you can bend plastic. You're not going to bend a fiberglass, a piece of fiberglass, not easily anyway. And that's a good descriptor. And I basically agree a hundred percent. It does feel like real world. And that's why I always thought, yeah, this would be something that you would expect Jason to be wearing. Just like I said, with the feel in general, you know, the sturdiness to it. That was always my first thoughts when I wore one. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a, like I said, I mean, the movies, so the masks they used in the movies, they were thin plastic. And for all conceptual reasons, that makes sense when you're in a movie. The actor has to wear it for a long time. It's not there for any kind of real world purpose other than for looks and appearance. Whereas in real world, when a goaltender puts on a mask, he wants something that's made out of a more durable uh, piece of material. And let's face it, you're not going to crawl into a goalie net and put on a plastic mask and have a puck shot at you. It's just that's not going to work out well for you in the end. You'll be missing the tooth, but uh, not appropriate for a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat. Not nowadays. Yeah, Eric, I don't know if you've worn fiberglass. I know yours, a couple of years haven't been, but if you have, what were your thoughts like what we were just saying? Well, I've worked with the medium myself, and I so I can imagine I've not worn a, a fiberglass mask uh, but I've worked with the medium, and I I know the it is it's authentic. How long have they went? What they've been using fiberglass since they switched from leather masks, right? Exactly. I think the first ones were leather, and then they went to fiberglass. But it was straight fiberglass. It was thick, and as the years have gone by, it's become more and more thin with the introduction of carbon fiber, Kevlar, and everything else that they can put into it to make it thinner and way less but yet be 10 times stronger absolutely but i don't know and like like you said if you're going to go put on a mask whether it's a friday the 13th mask or another one of your goalie masks that you make uh that are very authentic i mean that's what you would want to put on if you were doing that that's what you'd want to put on to go that's what you should actually have available well depending on what you're what you intend on doing with it. Like I said, for, for movie purposes, that's what plastic makes. It makes way more sense because it's so lightweight. But I mean, I'm, I'm in the replica business and a lot of this stuff, I mean, you might cosplay with it for a day, whereas actors are wearing a mask for how, Lord knows how many days on set and after a while. I mean, they used it for a few movies, but mostly they're stuck with plastic. Yeah, and plastic obviously doesn't take near the beating, but it does hold up pretty well. And obviously I can see why they use the plastic in the films. But either way, that was always my first thought was that's what you would expect, you know, the movie-worn mask to be would be made out of fiberglass. But, yeah, that was always my thought, too. I, I didn't know if you had worn one or not yet, Eric. No, not yet. Now, speaking of all these masks, you obviously offer a shit ton of different versions. If you get on the website... There's tons and tons on there on top of other custom style masks, but what seems to be your best seller or maybe top three sellers on there? Top sellers are probably, I, uh, I, you guys are familiar with Josh Lubin. Yes. Josh has been on the show. 
Yep, and well, uh, when Josh acquired the mold of the Screen U7, um, after a while, I had acquired the mold from him. Now, the Hero 7 and the Hero 8 that I have acquired from him are probably two of my number one sellers, followed by my Versus Battle Damage and then my Please Stop Me Mask. People really love the Please Stop Me Mask. It doesn't sell as much, but it has well over probably 5,000 more views on my website than any other mask. It doesn't sell as much, but it's viewed way more. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that was would be kind of a surprise considering you know most people want the movie replica masks. But I was just curious. I knew you had the Hero Seven and the Hero Eight, and I assumed that those were probably the big sellers since you're the one that obviously owns both of those. But I was just curious in general since you have so many. What were some of the other high sellers outside of those? Like I said, the versus battle damage. A lot of people go for that one. The NHL masks I've only started getting into in about probably about the last six seven months. And they're slowly picking up steam. A lot more people are getting interested in them, but it's very hard to advertise, though, because most of my fan base is horror. And you may have some guys in there that love horror and they love hockey, but they're on my page because they love horror more. So I'm having a hard time getting the NHL mask to have spotlight that I would like them to have, as I'm really enjoying making those. But they are picking up steam slowly and they're becoming more more people are coming to me for them so but i mean uh the please stop me mask is very popular it has a lot of views on my site um i don't know if you've ever seen my uh my jason pinhead crossover my i was going to mention that yes i that's i i've seen uh freddy versus jason uh mashup mask and other attempts let me rephrase. Other attempts, I'll leave it at that. And the Jason Pinhead mashup that you do is is really phenomenal. It's it's striking, and I, I love it for some unknown reason. It, it, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Damn, that looks amazing." It uh, it originally came together. A customer that I had by the name of Reese from Australia, him and I sat down and kind of brainstormed he wanted something that was a custom mask that was relatable to pinhead but was still jason and that's how it that's how it was born and i mean i've seen a lot of people try to recreate it and they never quite get it right and i mean it is what it is in the end it's, it's universally known as something that i that is unique to me but it's uh, it's always been a popular one, and let me tell you, customs between you guys' country and mine, they hate it. They hate yes, it they so much. They look at it and they're probably thinking, "What in the name of God is this? It's covered in nails, and they're real nails, the roofing nails that I just saw." Oh, they're huge. I mean, that's just completely authentic. I also, uh, I can't remember who bought it. It was on uh, your Facebook page. It wasn't. Uh, a part eight, and I don't know how you the the bend was greater on the part or on the mask, and you, it had uh, eight coloring and chevrons, and I I liked that better than I liked the part eight hero mask. Was that recently? Like, did it, was that something that came up yesterday instead? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on your site, uh, on your personal site. 
Okay, yes. That was um that was a custom order that I just did for a customer where he did not like how wide the Hero 8 was. And due to him wanting a very narrow mask, he went with a five-rope sports replica that I have. And um, he just wanted it painted up like a, like the Part 8 mask. And it came out really well. I was surprised that I kind of, at first when he approached me with it, I was, I was kind of hesitant at first. I was like, well, I don't know how that's all going to fit on that mask and how it's going to look. But it came out, like you said, it looks it's a very unique looking mask. It's kind of cool. That is. It's really cool. Uh, and I mean, and I, I, I do. I, I think that people, the NHL masks, there's something there. I'm not going to say it on air, but I, there's something there. I've got it. That's a, that's a market that I don't know if it's something I really, I mean, I want to get into doing them, but I've come to find out there is a lot of guys who do NHL masks. And I noticed I'm a lot. Uh, in hindsight, I should have priced them higher to be on par with people that already make them because I find that my masks are a lot cheaper than guys already doing um, NHL masks. So that's kind of hindsight there. I mean, I could crank up the price on them now, but it's not fair to the customer at all. So it's going to stay the way it is. And going on eBay and buying an original, I mean, it's it's obvious that you pay for quality. I mean, not just the notoriety, but the quality as well. And it's, I mean, yeah, you're right. You are lower priced on than the majority of uh, reproducers. And Mm -hmm. that's not bad. It's a good thing, but I'm sure they're not liking it. Anyone who sees it, they're probably like, look at this guy. He's undercutting, he's undercutting the hell out of me. And to anyone that ever hears this, that makes an NHL mask, I'm sorry, it was not intentional. It's literally hindsight on my part for not doing more homework. It just came out of I wanted to make something. I looked at the hours I put into it, the material I put into it. This is a fair price point based on that. But I'm sure, like I said, some of those guys look in and are like, why is this guy selling it for, for X amount of dollars when everyone else is selling it for this much? It's called so, capitalism. Well, you can't please everybody in this world, that's for sure. <laughs> if you did, uh, we'd be miserable. <laughs> All right. Now, something that I wanted to talk a little bit about, especially with Friday the 13th, the game in full swing. I don't know if you're a gamer or not, but obviously you offer a Savini Jason. And I'd just like to talk a little bit about that version. Now, just out of curiosity, did you do the Savini out of demand or customer requests or... Was that just something you wanted to add to the arsenal since you offer so many other versions? Well, um, when they first, when Savini first posted that this was his creation, I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't like it at all. It looked really, it looked really lazy to me when I first seen it. But I said, you know, my personal opinion on it only goes so far, and I put up a picture on on my Facebook page, and I generally asked my fan base, said, is there any interest? in me doing any of this. And the reply from it was, was outstanding. It was, it was a definitive hands down, yes, you should do this. So begrudgingly, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do this. Uh, the thing that kind of inspired it more was talking with, um, with a good friend of mine, uh, Brandon Murphy. And he had mentioned that if you do this, James, what would be, you know, we could collaborate a little bit. You make, you sculpt out a goalie mask, 
And in doing so, I'll sculpt out a bust that will fit it. So that kind of, uh, that really made it a lot more interesting for me to do. It actually made me want to do it. It made it more interesting than just, here's another hockey mask. So I made it. And I don't think a lot of people know that I sell it. I mean, I, I sell it quite a few of them, but it's, um, I, a lot of people, when they come to me, the first thing out of their mouth when they go to order one is, oh, my God, I didn't know you sold these. This is really nice, which is super flattering. And, you know, thank you very much for the compliments and everything. But I don't think a lot of people know that I sell them yet. And I'm really looking forward to when Brandon's done with his sculpt because one will go hand in hand with the other. And I think it'll be a really cool collaboration to come out of it. So. Yeah, definitely. I've been playing the game a lot with Brandon, and he did mention the collaboration between the two of, of you on that project. And actually, just last night or the night before, he showed me a picture of his mask that he got from you. And he did a great job on the sculpt, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys you know, come up with uh, together on that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really pumped to see what, what he comes up with. I mean, his work is just absolutely mind-blowing, the stuff that he does. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing his sculpt and what he, what he pulls out of the clay. Yeah, he does some badass shit, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he comes up with on this version. I don't know if he mentioned to you or not. When I sent him this beginning, I actually sent him a Hero 8 to go with it. And he's uh, his intent is to make a sculpt for the Hero 8. That is one of the one of the problems in the mass community is before the Hero 8 ever came along, all the busts for Part 8 to fit any mask, they're all small. And when Hero 8 came along, it's really big. None of the busts fit it right. So he's going to make a new bust that will properly form fit the Hero from here on out, which is I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. Yeah, he did mention that a little bit. We were talking about just ideas for some stuff for him to work on coming up next, and that was mentioned in it also. And that's another thing that I'm looking forward to because you're exactly right on that. And I think if anybody's going to do it justice right now, it's definitely going to be him because he's just on fire with his Friday stuff right now. Oh, my God, is he ever. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, so I'm def definitely looking forward to all that. But obviously you got the Savini out there. That's a, a new product. And obviously with the game being fairly recent, I'm sure word will get out about that sooner or later. And obviously not everybody's a gamer and doesn't really care probably about the Savini version if they don't actually play the game. But other than that, do you have any upcoming projects or anything you're working on that you'd like to talk about? Uh, well, I've been, I've been struggling with the Aladdin thing. Bust. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. Jason Farrell's Aladdin thing. Yes. Okay, well, long story short, he did the initial sculpt, sold the mold to a friend of mine. That friend uh, sold it to me shortly before his passing. Now I have it, and I'm slowly getting a feel for how to work with the latex. And it's uh, it hasn't been fun <laughs> by any means, because it's a whole new medium for me to work with, and it's it's a flashback to when I first started making masks. Lots of money wasted, lots of mistakes, huge learning curve. But that is slowly coming together. And I'm hoping within the next, I mean, I've been putting it off for six months or so, but I'm hoping in the next few months to have a, a grip on it enough that I can turn it over and introduce it to the public. But it's, it's still a ways away, yes. I mean, there's some NHL masks that are on the horizon. I'm just finishing up doing Gary Cheever's mask. As far as Friday stuff, I don't really know what else new to do with that. I'm kind of 
I'm kind of hitting the wall with it because I've, I've done most of the masks, if not all of them. And with the movie not happening, kind of stagnating things a little bit. So this is where custom orders for customers come in, and that's always exciting stuff to do. And just for the listeners out there, are you up for any custom orders? I mean, if if someone has an idea, you'll entertain it? Oh, yeah. I'll hear any idea that a customer can bring to me. I don't care how crazy it is. If I can do it, I will do it. So, yeah, for any of the listeners, if you have an idea and you've always thought to yourself that, you know, it's too crazy, it won't work, it's not possible, bring it to me. If If we can brainstorm and make it happen, I will make it happen. All right. And also, as you're well aware, we are into convention season. And with you being in Canada, I know you have a few up in your neck of the woods, but also there's a ton in the U.S. Do you have any plans for anything later this summer, any fall convention appearances? Um, probably not. I mean, they have they have a few conventions here in Edmonton, Alberta. But the majority of the conventions they have here are sci-fi. They had one horror one last year that I went and I met Kane at. And it was, it was pretty cool, but I, I didn't go as a vendor. There's so much work to be a vendor and be a good vendor where you have lots of products on hand. And with all of the Friday the 13th stuff, I mean, I'm a carpenter by trade. So all this, all the mask work I do, it's not my full-time job. It's kind of my second job slash hobby. But in order to do a convention, I just, I would never have the time to properly do it right. Yeah, sounds like you're a busy guy then. And, you know, maybe someday that'll change and you can actually get out to a couple. It's obviously a good way to network. But you've got a pretty good following anyway, so I'm sure you're not going to be hurting on mask orders anytime soon. Well, business is pretty good. I mean, it's, it's never, it never really changes. It's always pretty steady. It's, it's enough to keep me busy every month with, with no complaints for me. I generally don't do this the money like i said i mean my full-time job is as a carpenter is what pays my bills the friday the 13th stuff purely came out of i wanted to be jason for halloween and i couldn't at the time i didn't know where to look and when i did look i got screwed so i said well it's time to figure out how to do it myself and it's always stayed that way it's always just been because it's something i enjoy doing it'll never be I can't see this ever being my main source of income because the mask and prop community, I mean, if you want to be a mask and prop guy and be full time, by all means, give it a go. But for me, it's far too up and down and I have a family to support. I can't, I just can't take the risk with it as much as I'd like to. And that's certainly understandable, but we appreciate what you do. And I know the fans appreciate what all you artists do to help keep Jason alive. So with those mask orders in mind, Obviously, you have your website, your big cartel site, your Facebook page. How can the fans or the listeners or anyone interested in purchasing a mask or contacting you, how can they check out your stuff or get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me, I mean, you can reach me. I Ideally, I love to talk to people through Facebook. It's You can go on to Facebook and you can search Crystal Lake Industries. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Go to the page, message me. I'm... I mean, you can read the reviews. I do everything I can to be the most approachable business guy going. Because I believe that people should, too, too often in business, people are treated terribly, and I never want someone to say that with me. So you can go on Facebook, you can search me up, find me, message me. 
And if you don't have Facebook, go on Google. Google Crystal Lake Industries. It'll be the very first one that pops up. So uh, I'm super easy to find. You can email me through the website at crystallakeindustries at yahoo.com. And I, I'm usually pretty prompt at getting back to people. So it's, it's not hard to find me. Well, there you go. Check him out. Crystal Lake Industries. Get a hold of him. Check out his work. Request a custom order. But just wanted to say thanks again, James. I appreciate your time and joining us tonight. Well, thank you very much, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Well, all right, that wraps up another episode of Return to Camp Blood, so please rate and review wherever you listen to the show at. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us on our Facebook page or email at feedback at campbloodpodcast.com. This episode was brought to you by Crystal Lake Industries. Until next time.